Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Guys, thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off the Script. This is episode 418 for your Monday, February 28th, 2022. I am JD from New York. And as always, this is the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday afternoons, wherever you may be. Another week of WWE content. One more week closer. To WrestleMania 38, and I'm predicting it right now. 
This will be the worst WrestleMania of our lifetime. I know that's a very tough pill to swallow if you're one of these e-drones on social media, but this will be the worst WrestleMania of all time. I'm predicting that right now. And I got a lot of WrestleMania news today to go over with you guys. Undertaker, he's obviously going into the Hall of Fame. Is he going to be the only name going into the Hall of Fame this year? Is WWE going to give The Undertaker the Hall of Fame ceremony all to himself this year? I got news on that. The big story as of late, especially this week, with Pat McAfee interviewing Vince McMahon on Thursday in studio, is the big, big, big rumor of Vince McMahon getting back in the ring to wrestle at 76 years old against Pat McAfee, who is the SmackDown color commentator alongside Michael Cole. How is this going to work? Why is this happening? And what is WWE's current plan for this match at WrestleMania? Because as of right now, this match is listed on the internal line sheet for WrestleMania. It's quite sad. But it will be taking place, according to the rumors, and everybody talking about it, this is planned to take place at WrestleMania. So we will go over all of that. I got news on Bobby Lashley trying to get cleared ahead of WrestleMania 38. I got news on the spoilers for the Women's Tag Team Championship match at WrestleMania. And the big one, which makes no sense to me, And I don't know why they went to the lengths that they did to hype this up the way that they did on Friday, only for this news to come out today and kind of blow up the entire situation and ruin anything positive that could be coming out of this match with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Dave Meltzer is reporting today that Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 38, title versus title, winner take all, Unification match will indeed be a unification match, but WWE is in no way planning to get rid of either championship, and there will be two championships still, one on Raw and one on SmackDown after this unification match. I have to ask the very, very simple and important question, Bruce. Why? Why? I don't know. I don't know. This is logic that only WWE can comprehend, meaning it's fucking stupidity. So we'll go over that and what Meltzer said because I don't like it. I've been pushing for it. I've been asking for it for a very, very long time. And now you're telling me that we're not going to get a unification match? All right, Bruce. I see what you're doing, bro. You're teasing me. You're cock-teasing me, Bruce. I see it. I see it. You better do the right thing, man. I'll be at Stanford just like the young bucks were during being the elite today. That's a whole nother story. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. But thank you guys very much for joining me on Off the Script. It's episode 418. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you guys go and hit up the channel and find all the other stuff that you might have missed. There's a ton of stuff there. So go check the homepage. Everything you need is right there. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Hit the join button. Become a VIP. Become one of our VIPs. You guys get access to those emotes you could use in the chat. 
during live streams you could use in the comment section. You get a nice little badge next to your name to show off your VIP status. It's a great deal, man. It's a great deal. Become an OTS VIP. And like I always say, the first round of drinks is on me. Make sure you guys also check out my sponsor for today's show. That's Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash script. You guys are going to get 30 days free of their service and one free audio book of your choice. Great deal. There's over 200,000 choices to choose from, a lot of which are actually wrestling related. And I know everybody loves some free shit. So make sure you guys go get that. That's audibletrial.com slash script. And one very big important notes here on this Monday's episode of OTS. I will not be live for Monday Night Raw tonight. I know, I know that uh, that makes everybody brokenhearted. I know everybody's sad about that, but I actually am going to be drinking with my friend tonight. And we are... Not going to concern about WWE. And I'm not watching WWE. And that's that. So, the last Monday Night Raw of February, I will not be a part of, guys. I'm sure you will be able to sleep this evening knowing that I did not torture myself with three hours of Monday Night Raw. I'll be back live on Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. And the major announcement that Tony Khan has for the world of professional wrestling. Whatever that may be. It will be a major announcement. Let's get into the news, guys. Right at the top, we're going to start soft, and then we're going to build up into this illogical bullshit that WWE has gotten themselves into, according to Dave Meltzer. Let's start off with The Undertaker. We got an update on The Undertaker and him possibly being the only act in this year's Hall of Fame. Now, I talked about The Undertaker going into the Hall of Fame a couple weeks ago on the SmackDown post-show. When it happened, and this is the most deserving of accolades for anybody in the Hall of Fame, I even said, just give him two hours to just go over road stories and thank everybody he needs to thank, maybe reminisce on some of his most important matches and reminisce about the origins of the character. We talked about who possibly could be inducting him into the Hall of Fame. I know the idea of Vince McMahon is out there, Bruce Pritchard being that brother love was so closely in line with the act when he made his WWF debut, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, which is a long shot, or my favorite of them all, and that is Mick Foley. Mankind, dude love, Cactus Jack, Mick Foley. I think that would be a great sight to see, as I think Mick Foley is The Undertaker's greatest rival in his entire career. I said it would not bother anybody if Undertaker went in. I mean, he's good enough to sell out whatever they're trying to do. And this is taking place after SmackDown the Friday, right before night one of WrestleMania. So people are going to be there for SmackDown anyway because it's going to be the go-home show. Those people are going to be treated to a Hall of Fame. So I don't know why The Undertaker wouldn't be the only one. I think he's probably one of a select few that actually deserve that honor. But it's not going to be that way. It's not going to be the case. WWE is going to be inducting The Undertaker into the Hall of Fame. And WrestleVotes on Twitter says the idea for Taker to be the sole inductee was floated around. But ultimately, this will not be the case. They said, and I quote, although the idea was in fact considered, I'm told The Undertaker will not be a solo inductee at this year's WWE Hall of Fame. Source expects additional names will be announced Probably during Raw 
on Monday, end quote. You know, WWE, they they have a good a good way here. And this is the way I see it. A good way, because eventually they're going to run out of people to put into the Hall of Fame. It's not going to be as special. They're, they're okay for the time being. They're okay for the next five, six years. But at some point, they're going to start running thin on people that they are going to put in the Hall of Fame. I don't know why they wouldn't take this moment and this opportunity this year to have The Undertaker be the only one and then leave everybody else for next year and kind of give yourself an easy out here and give the Hall of Fame a little bit more longevity because, like I said, they're eventually going to start running out of people to induct into the Hall of Fame. At that point, everybody's going to be in the fucking Hall of Fame. So if I was WWE, I would really consider The Undertaker being the only one to go into the Hall of Fame this year. I will be watching. I usually do not watch the Hall of Fame. I I feel like it's a waste of time, depending on who the main inductee is, who the main event is of the Hall of Fame. This year, I will be watching The Undertaker, as I've always said, especially on the podcast, that The Undertaker is probably my number one, probably the greatest character in all of pro wrestling, one of the most influential figures in not only pro wrestling, but in sports, is The Undertaker. And he's Vince McMahon's greatest creation outside of WrestleMania. There will never be another Undertaker, ever. As long as I'm alive and you're alive, you know, there will not be another Undertaker ever, ever. And that is an amazing feat. It truly is. I can't imagine anybody else ever playing the character. I can't imagine anybody doing what he did over the longevity of his career. This is a unbelievable. This is something that should be celebrated by everybody because we're never going to get another Undertaker again. This is something that should be cherished and really treated as something special. So I'm very much looking forward to The Undertaker in the Hall of Fame. What I'm not looking forward to is the return of Elias. WWE stands for Walk With Elias. That's what they say. WWE has no creative plans for Elias. WWE creative clearly is not walking with Elias. There are several people on the WWE roster who the company doesn't have creative plans for, Elias being one of them. Now, Elias seemed to be going through a gimmick change. They were vastly changing his character from the drifter that he was playing the guitar and all that nonsense. We've seen vignettes of Elias in some abandoned wooded area, and he burned his guitar, and Elias, rest in peace. The Elias character was dead. He was walking a different path in life. Yes, this is very reminiscent of his WWE career. Now that I look back at these fucking promo vignettes that we saw of Elias, his career is pretty much in the fucking dirt. And with the tombstone right there, Elias, rest in peace. Yes, I know. You work for WWE, and once you are in the grasp of the creative team, your career is finished, especially this creative team. Elias was supposed to go through a gimmick change. And right now... Everything for Elias seems to have been scrapped. No plans whatsoever for Elias. WrestleVotes previously reported that Elias had somewhat changed his look with new tights. But Vince McMahon did not like what he looked like. And it looked too similar, supposedly, to Macho Man Randy Savage. And Ringside Newsletter reported that Elias was spotted backstage in December. And he had a clean shave and shorter hair. Yes, because that's exactly what we need on TV. A Elias character that's clean-shaven and shorter hair. So pretty much what Ringside News is telling you is that he looks like everybody else. 
He looks like the WWE prototype, like exactly what they want somebody to look like. Look at what they did to Rick Boogs. That's a perfect example. They shaved his head and shaved his fucking face, and they put him in some ridiculous goddamn outfit. Look at what they did to Rick fucking Bugenhagen, man. It's quite sad. They took somebody with originality and charisma and a character, and they made him look like every fucking body else in WWE. It's quite sad to see. Ringside News reported this week that Elias is currently in quote-unquote creative purgatory. And sources indicate that his name is not coming up at all in creative meetings. You know, I, I could sit here and tell you that everybody's in creative purgatory. It doesn't matter if it's Elias or fucking Asuka or Nikki Ash or Rhea Ripley. Everybody is in creative purgatory. We, the fans, are in fucking purgatory every Monday and Friday night. So we all know how Elias is feeling right now. But, but did you guys expect plans for Elias? WWE doesn't have plans for anybody. If your name is not Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, or Becky Lynch, there's no fucking plans for you. They push their top five and forget about everybody else. They push their top five and want to give no energy or effort to anybody else on that roster. Don't even know why the fuck they're there. To be quite honest with you. WWE plans on bringing him back to TV, then it seems... Like, he won't be back before WrestleMania since it wouldn't make sense to use him now if he's now booked for a WrestleMania match. The last we saw of Elias was several months ago, like I mentioned, where WWE aired Elias is Dead vignettes. Yes, this is, this is literally speaking, Elias is Dead, which seemingly points him getting a new name, new gimmick. Another name that has been stuck in limbo is Virmahan. Veer is still coming to Monday Night Raw. WWE has aired vignettes for Veer for months since October, since the draft, and there's no sign of him making his way to WWE television. Let me tell you something, man, about Elias. I'm going to throw this out there, and I don't want this to sound negative. I don't want to sound like a fucking uh, Nostradamus again. I said this about Shotzi Blackheart. On Friday night, did you see the way WWE treated Shotzi? Naomi had no fucking anything to do in that match with Sasha and Shotzi on Friday night SmackDown. Naomi got an entrance, and all she did was sit at the ringside commentary table to talk about whatever the fuck she's going on with or going through with Sonya Deville and Charlotte Flair. She got a ring entrance. She didn't even wrestle. Shotzi wrestled Sasha Banks and did not get a ring entrance. She got what we call the jobber's entrance. She didn't even get a ring introduction by the ring announcer on Friday night. Just like I said about Shotzi, and I mean no disrespect to Shotzi. I love Shotzi. I would love to see Shotzi get an opportunity. But Shotzi and Elias and anybody else that is in this boat, in this creative purgatory, no doubt in my mind, Come after WrestleMania, when we start to get the feeling of more budget cuts are looming, those two names, I know it for a fact. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. Those names will be on Nick Khan's budget cut list for sure. Elias is gone. Shotzi is finished. And anybody else that isn't being used right now more than likely will be on the budget cut list for Nick Conman in WWE. This is presumably after WrestleMania. 
if it falls in line with all their other release dates over the past couple of years. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. Elias, he was a dead act. As soon as the pandemic hit, that character took a fucking nosedive into the grave that they were recording this vignette with. So I don't know why they are pushing to give him a new character when we all know that they don't want him back on television. If they wanted him back on television, then there would have been a creative push to get this guy back on television. I think everybody kind of knows that no matter what they do with Elias, it will probably fail because there wasn't any fan investment in what he was or who he was when he was actually on television. And then WWE, whatever they had, as far as that fan investment, they fucking killed it because of their lack of creativity. Then the pandemic hit and the whole character really fed off of a live audience. When they didn't have that for Elias, the character was pretty much dead in the water. And now they're trying to change who he is and introduce him back under a new character when we didn't give a shit about him in the first place. You want us to now care because he got a new character? Still the same Elias. It's still the same Elias that can't fucking wrestle. The same Elias that we have no interest in. So you're better off just cutting your losses and moving on. That's what I would do. I hope I'm wrong. I wish they gave him something to do. If he looked like Macho Man Randy Savage, I think people would actually get a kick out of that. I don't know what the fucking character entailed. I don't know if it was a direct ripoff. He does look like Macho Man Randy Savage in his, in his facial features and with the facial hair. I, I could see it. But give it a chance. Give it a chance. WWE won't give anything a chance to anything. And the reason they do that is because for fear of it actually getting over. If WWE wanted this guy on television with his macho man Randy Savage gimmick, they would have put him on television. But WWE fears that it may actually work out. And macho man's one of the most beloved characters in all of WWE history. So they don't want that to get over. They don't want anybody to get over unless they say so. Elias is dead. So is Veer. So is Shotzi. So is Asuka. So is Shayna Baszler. All these people are dead. Dead. Because they're not the top five, the big five in WWE. It's quite sad. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Speaking of Asuka, WWE has no creative plans for Asuka for her WWE return. You don't say. You don't say. Wow. Color me fucking shocked. They don't have creative plans. Vince wakes up with no fucking creative plans, man. The only plans that he has is his grocery list. He needs that refrigerator packed to the gills. That fat slob, Bruce Pritchard. 
That's why he's so red in the face. Can barely digest his fucking food. Asuka. She's ready to come back. Hasn't been in a WWE ring for some time. Asuka's been a fan favorite ever since she arrived on the main roster in NXT. Most dominant woman in NXT history is Asuka. But we won't remember that because that's Triple H's NXT. Asuka has teased and titillated fans with the idea that she will be back very soon. So WWE fans are wondering why they aren't seeing Asuka on television lately. Rumors came and went about Asuka making a return at the Royal Rumble. We didn't see Asuka in the Royal Rumble. Now it's WrestleMania season. We're five weeks from WrestleMania. No sign of Asuka. No sign of Bayley. So when all of this starts to materialize and develop, people start asking questions. Now the rumor became, oh, Asuka, she's come back to TV. She's going to have a big role at WrestleMania. Oh, Asuka's going to be number 30 in the Royal Rumble. We didn't see any of that shit. Why is that? People even thought Asuka was going to be the sixth woman in the Elimination Chamber. They gave that to Alexa Piss. And she did nothing in that match. Same gimmick, same old boring Alexa Bliss. Same old Bray Wyatt ripoff Alexa Bliss. News has been very weak in regards to Oscar's status. Nothing is really known at this time. The reason for her absence has now been reported by Mike Johnson of PW Insider. And he noted when he was asked about Oscar's return that WWE simply has nothing for her creatively. Just put her on television. Everybody in that women's division has nothing for them creatively except Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. So what's the difference between Asuka on TV and Rhea Ripley? What's the difference between Asuka and Nikki T-R-A-S-H? What's the difference between Asuka and Carmella? Asuka and Zelina Vega? Asuka and Naomi? Or anybody else? Asuka and Dana Brooke? You mean to tell me that WWE actually has the fucking effort to put Dana Brooke on television, but they can't find anything for Asuka to do on Monday Night Raw? Now, I know you guys are fucking crazy, but you can't tell me that, that you're that fucking creatively bankrupt. That you can find something for Dana Brooke to do on television, but Asuka can't find her way to television. It's unbelievable. Just get the fucking woman on television and let her beat some ass. That's what I say. Nothing yet, says Mike Johnson. The hope internally was for Asuka to return this month, but obviously there's been nothing for her creatively. Other than hearing from fans who spotted her in Los Angeles recently, we haven't heard anything additional on the Oscar front. Don't expect her at WrestleMania unless there's a woman's battle royal and WWE wants to bring everybody back. But I don't know why they would do that. That women's battle royal and the Andre the Giant Memorial battle royal are two of the biggest waste of matches in all of WWE all year. It's only a way, WWE's pathetic way, to get everybody a fucking spot on the WrestleMania card, and that is not something that they should really be in business with. If you deserve to be on Mania, great, but don't give me a fucking match that nobody gives a shit about and then expect me to care when those spots aren't really deserved. I don't want to see everybody on the fucking show. The spots on the show should be reserved for those people that are in actual matches and storylines. And who means something to television. Oscar hasn't been on television. I would save her for the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. That would make it more special. That would would make Oscar a little bit of a bigger deal. Because that is the one night where returns happen. And Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania hasn't felt like the Raw after WrestleMania in a very long time. So I would actually save that for that. 
And if Cody Rhodes is there, again, I wouldn't put Cody Rhodes on WrestleMania's card. I would not put him against Edge. Does he show up at WrestleMania? Possibly. But if I'm WWE, I'm saving him for the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. Make it a big deal. Seriously, make it a big deal. There's more that it, there's, there's more that will happen good for Monday Night Raw if everything happens on Raw instead of happening at WrestleMania. You're going to get the rating anyway following WrestleMania because it's WrestleMania. But if you really want to spark an interest in something and create some longevity for the Monday Night Raw ratings, I would actually debut everybody on that show instead of doing it at Mania. So Oscar's going to be back. We don't know when. We don't know what she's going to be doing. Same thing for Bailey. I miss Bailey dearly. Bailey is fucking great. She's going to add a lot to that women's division. They don't even have a plan for Bailey. No plans for Bailey. How sad is that? WWE's got no plans for anybody, including Zia Lee. You know Zia Lee, who got drafted in October and finally wrestled her first match on SmackDown this week? WWE, why they took so long with Zia Lee's debut on SmackDown? So this is according to Fightful Select. Zia Lee got drafted to SmackDown. She's in the women's division WWE touted that she's the first Chinese talent to join WWE a few years ago. She worked in NXT. She became somewhat of a mainstay in the women's division down there. So in preparation for her debut on the main roster, WWE started airing vignettes of Xia Li doing all these karate moves and fucking being the protector of her family, familiarizing her with the fans and all this shit. So these vignettes, they looked very comic book style with storytelling. Fans liked it. They received positive reaction for it. She finally made her debut on Friday during SmackDown. And this was the first time she wrestled on the show. Before this, she actually was on SmackDown last year where she saved Naomi from Shayna Baszler and Sonya Deville. Many fans were wondering, where's Zia Lee? Why is Zia Lee drafted? Why was she called up? Why is the women's division so weak when you got someone like Zia Lee that hasn't done anything? Zia Lee made her in-ring debut on Friday, like I said, against Natalia. According to Fightful Select, Zia Lee's in-ring debut took so long because WWE creative simply did not have anything planned for her. Wow! You don't say! Really now? Color me fucking shocked! Are you fucking kidding me? Nothing planned for Elias. Nothing planned for Asuka. Nothing planned for Zia Lee. Nothing planned for fucking Bruce Pritchard's midday snack. I'm sure that's fucking planned, right? Now, but you got plans to get Vince McMahon on WrestleMania's show, right? 76-year-old Vince McMahon, but we can't find fucking plans for Bailey and Asuka and all these other fucking people. It's unbelievable, man. Really. I am not fucking shocked by this news at all. If you're wondering, listen, if you're wondering, where is so-and-so? Why isn't he on the show? Why isn't she on Raw? Just give yourself the comfort of knowing this is always the answer. WWE Creative has nothing for you. This is a cycle that WWE usually goes through every year. WWE's got no creative plans for them. Then they get their fucking future endeavor. And then WWE makes a public address. We wish so-and-so their best in their future endeavors. It's all a string of things that will be happening, folks. Zia Lee ain't going to last this year. Elias isn't going to last this year. Asuka may end up getting released for all we fucking know. She's over the age of 40. So was Shayna Baszler. 
they, both of those women, fall in line with what WWE actually doesn't want, and that is aging WWE superstars. Zia Lee has no plans. We'll have to wait and see what WWE does creatively with Zia Lee, man. You thought Natalia was going to be, uh, oh, look at that. They got her back on television. She's got plans now. They got nothing. They got nothing. Zia Lee, you'll be lucky to see her again on SmackDown. Believe me. She ain't going anywhere. The protector of what? The protector of the fucking green beans that are sitting on the table and catering that Titus just served piping hot. That's what she's going to be the fucking protector of. Bobby Lashley. Said that Bobby Lashley got hurt at the Royal Rumble against Brock Lesnar. Separated shoulder, I believe it is. And, or maybe worse than a separated shoulder. It is a, a shoulder injury. And it happened off one of the German suplexes. I believe it was the first one because that one was fucking vicious. If there's anything I remember from that lackluster match, it was that first German suplex by Brock Lesnar on Bobby Lashley. So he's out with a shoulder injury. And he's going to be missing WrestleMania. And the report says that he will be out for at least four months. Now, WWE actually promoted Lesnar and Lashley upcoming at this Saturday's Madison Square Garden show in New York City where Lesnar was supposed to defend the WWE title against Bobby Lashley in a one-on-one match. They still were advertising Lashley for that, and he actually wanted to get cleared for that, but they that may be very unlikely at this point. WWE did this angle at the Elimination Chamber, knowing that Lashley was going into the chamber itself hurt, so they knew he was hurt coming out of the Royal Rumble, but they wanted to do something that would protect Bobby Lashley and give Lesnar the title at the same time. And I honestly gave WWE a little bit of credit here for keeping Lashley looking strong. He doesn't look like a chump. He doesn't look like a chump at all. And I I honestly think, you know, they did a decent job at making him look strong while getting the title back on Lesnar to do the title versus title match against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Now, the bad thing is, you got to look back at that. They, they, They did a decent job. But when Lashley comes back, no matter who the champion is, I don't really want to see Lashley as the WWE champion again. I think that that ship has fucking sailed. It's just a very sad happening that happened to Bobby Lashley. I think it may be it for him at the top. I don't know what they're going to do when they get him cleared and back on the show. Maybe they do have him go after the championship again, but I think I'm done on Monday Night Raw seeing Lashley as WWE champion. It's just a string of bad luck, and you can't help that. He wanted the match with Lesnar. It was going to be a physical match. The match sucked, but he got hurt in the process, and I genuinely feel bad for him because he's been on a career resurgence on Monday Night Raw, and he's been doing some of the best work of his WWE run on Monday Night Raw. WWE seemingly pulled him from the MSG show. They did advertise him and then pulled him. He's trying to come back, but it's very unlikely. Ringside News is reporting that they were told that Lashley is trying to get medically cleared, not only for Madison Square Garden, But WrestleMania, he did undergo medical testing for his shoulder with with doctors, WWE doctors, in Birmingham, Alabama. So he went to go visit Dr. James Andrews down there. And he works with all the WWE superstars when they have a serious, legitimate injury. Also, if you're being sent to Birmingham, that doesn't really bode well for you. Because if you see Birmingham, Alabama on your plane ticket, then you're probably going to be out for a very long, extended period of time. I hope that it's not serious, but he's trying to come back for WrestleMania. I don't even know why he's trying to come back for WrestleMania. If he does, where would he be slotted in? There's nothing for him to do. They can't even find something for Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens to do. They're going to find something with Bobby Lashley? Might as well not even bother at that point. 
it's commendable of him. I I love the the uh, effort for him to come back. He doesn't want to miss WrestleMania. I don't blame him for that. But where are you actually going to be slotted in? Just rest and take your time and get better. There's no rush. This comes after Russell reported earlier in the week that WWE plans right now are still fluid. Things are always changing. They're keeping things very loose in case something comes up, then they can change it. They don't want to solidify anything completely because of the ever-evolving WrestleMania plans. Very fluid and creative is leaving space in nearly every storyline to allow major flexibility. That includes Bobby Lashley. I say just stay out, get better, don't rush, no need to come back for Mania. You're not going to be slotted into anything important anyway. You're not going to be added to make it a triple threat match. It's not going to happen. It's too late for that. So Bobby Lashley trying to get back, I think, personally, it's very, very unlikely. Spoiler on plans for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania. So this spoiler has emerged right now, and this comes from PW Insider. I'm sure you guys don't give a shit about the Women's Tag Team Championships. I mean, why would you? They're some of the most worthless titles in the history of WWE of all time. Carmella and Zelina Vega are the Women's Tag Team Champions. You may not have known that because, I mean, who the fuck watches Monday Night Raw and who gives a shit about the Women's Tag Team Championships? Carmella and Zelina Vega versus Sasha Banks and Naomi is officially slated for WrestleMania 38. Imagine having Sasha Banks on your WrestleMania card and this is the best that you have for Sasha Banks. A one-on-one match with somebody wasn't in the cards? I don't really understand this. Why do Carmella and Zelina Vega need to be on the show? That's my question. The titles are fucking worthless. Worthless. They are not worth a dime in anybody's eyes. Yet here we are. Sasha Banks herself should have a one-on-one match with somebody at WrestleMania. Anybody. Bailey, Asuka, Rhea Ripley. Do an open challenge. Do an interpromotional match. You, 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 you take the brand split rules and you fucking bend them every which way, right? Why don't you do an interpromotional match if you can't find something to do? Sasha versus Rhea Ripley. Both of those women have nothing to do. Rhea Ripley's got nothing to do on Monday Night Raw. So why don't we do an, a Raw versus SmackDown interpromotional match? Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Then I got to listen to WWE Come Survivor Series, the one time of year where Raw versus SmackDown happens. No, that's not the case. WWE bends the fucking brand rules every which way, anytime they want. But Rhea Ripley's got nothing to do on Monday Night Raw. Sasha Banks clearly has got nothing to do. She's too good for fucking this tag team title match. But this is the best you got for Sasha Banks. The one positive here about Sasha Banks and Naomi is that Sasha will eventually, I'm assuming they'll win, she'll get her WrestleMania victory. She's 0-6 at WrestleMania right now. She'll finally get that WrestleMania victory. I would like to, I would, I would have liked it for that to come in a solo match, a singles match, but I guess beggars can't be choosers here. Everybody's online. Oh, this, 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 this makes sense. This, 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 this makes sense, man. As if Team Bad, Team Bad was uh, the fucking NWO. They were more influential than uh, NWO and D-Generation X put together. They were a part of Team Bad, man. This makes sense. How does this make sense? What part of this makes sense? Sasha Banks has nothing to do. She's more popular than everybody on the fucking roster. She deserves a one-on-one match. 
Naomi was still in the feud with Sonya Deville. Okay? I had people come at me, attack me. Uh, I, I quoted, uh, I quote tweeted Sap, and, and I tweeted him. I'm like, well, I don't understand this and why this is happening. Why didn't they tie up loose ends with Naomi and Sonya Deville? Oh, the feud with Naomi and Sonya Deville was over, some, some geeks on Sap's thread said. What the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? Naomi got a victory over Sonya Deville on SmackDown in a one-on-one match. Then they went into the Royal Rumble. I don't know if you guys remember this. I mean, the Royal Rumble was fucking terrible. So I don't blame you if you didn't watch it or you forgot. But Naomi was eliminated by Sonya Deville. That leaves an opening. That leaves it wide open. Did Naomi get her comeuppance? Or did Sonya rather get her comeuppance on, uh, from, from this feud on, uh, with Naomi? How did, how did Naomi get her revenge on Sonya Deville? Did you see the way she was eliminated in the Royal Rumble? But the feud is over. No, no, WWE career just grew tired of writing for Naomi and Sonya Deville. That's the thing. So when you tell me it's over, no, geek, it's not. It's not over. They could have had one more match. And yes, it's been beaten to fucking death. I get it. But Jesus fucking Christ, Naomi and Sonya Deville in a one-on-one match, loser leaves town or loser leaves the brand or Naomi can beat Sonya at WrestleMania and then have Sonya's executive power on the line. Something. Something to tie up loose ends. Now, now, we'll, we'll put Naomi and Sasha Banks together and get all the fucking virgin geeks online claiming that Team Bad is better than the Four Horsemen. Give me a fucking break with this shit, man. What a lack of fucking creativity. If I ever seen a lack of creativity. Those tag team championships should be burned in a fucking fire. That's what I think. Don't even know why you got them. Another tag team that isn't really a tag team, Sasha Banks and Naomi. Yeah, let's create tag teams out of thin air just to pretend we actually have a women's tag team division. Bullshit. It's fucking stupid. The more titles that are on TV like this, the less value and meaning they have. Carmella and Zelina defeated Rhea Ripley and Nikki T.R., A-S-H, for the championship on November 22nd. November 22nd, 2021. They haven't defended the fucking titles since January. It is now March 1st. It's currently unknown which night the match is slated for. I don't give a shit. Put it on the fucking pre-show for all I care. WWE didn't give anything to Sasha Banks or WrestleMania. I wouldn't be surprised if it's on the fucking pre-show. Championship match between Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair is going to be on night one. I'll talk about that in a little bit. And Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey was announced for night one as well in the main event of night one. So I don't know when that match is going to take place. It might happen on night two, I would say. Let's do it on night two. They're doing the SmackDown and Raw Women's Championships on night one. I figured that they would split them up between both nights. But they're doing both women's matches on night one. So I'm assuming this match is going to be on night two because I don't know why the fuck we would have three women's matches on night one of WrestleMania. It's not women's WrestleMania. Just move it to night two if it is going to actually take place at Mania. I don't like it. Burn the fucking titles, man. Give them to me. I'll burn them. And then I won't piss on them. I'll sit there with a cold beverage with my sunglasses on and watch the fucking flame in the middle of the night, man. It'll go viral. It'll go viral. It's cold here, man. I'll, I'll warm myself up. I could use the titles for some warmth, some fucking fuel to the fire. 
Speaking of fuel to the fire, there is actual fuel to the fire in regards to Vince McMahon wrestling at WrestleMania 38. What is going on in regards to Vince and Pat McAfee? WWE is actually planning on smoke and mirrors. Now, I'm not talking about Cody Rhodes. Smoke and mirrors for Vince McMahon's match at WrestleMania. If you have to go to the lengths of fabricating something because it's physically impossible of coming off in a quality way, why are we wasting everybody's time? I don't get it. I really don't get it. I have a lot to say about this. I'm fu- this, this is fucking embarrassing. It's fucking embarrassing as a fan. I fucking hate it. I really do. Nobody wants to see this. Nobody. Pat McAfee doesn't deserve to be in this role. We don't deserve to see Vince McMahon, 76 years old, in a fucking wrestling ring. The news about Vince McMahon returning to the ring at WrestleMania this year had a lot of people wondering why a 76-year-old man would risk his health by taking bumps after so many years. Turns out that McMahon will, in fact, take very little, if any, bumps when he takes on Pat McAfee in Dallas. Now, we don't even know how this match is going to actually come about. Vince McMahon's going to be on the Pat McAfee show on Thursday in studio. I don't know how he's going to come off. What's going on, Pat? What do you think of Bruce? It sound like fucking Batman in the suit, Vince McMahon. You can, hear, you can barely hear him fucking talk. He's mumbling. Like he's got a mouthful of fucking marbles, Vince McMahon. And what's going on, Pat? Nobody wants to see this. Vince McMahon in a ring. How's it going to come about? Is Pat McAfee going to make fun of WWE shit creative writing? Yeah, Vince, I think SmackDown sucks. We could do a lot better on SmackDown. And that's going to lead to a match? I'd love it. I, I would love it if something real came out of it. Pat McAfee goes on, on Thursday's show. Yeah, Vince, yeah, SmackDown's weak. Raw's the better show. Why am I not on Monday Night Raw? I can't watch this fucking show every week. I, I do it because Michael Cole's a, a great guy. But SmackDown, man, it sure sucks every week. You're creative as fucking god-awful, man. You gotta go. You gotta go. You don't know any fucking talent anymore. You don't know. You don't have your finger on the pulse. You don't know how to create new stars. I I wish. It's like wishing on a fucking shooting star. Like something like that happening. But it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be. I don't know how this match is gonna come about. I really don't. Dave Meltzer reported on the Wrestling Observer Live that this will be a smoke and mirrors match. Basically, what that means is expect to see things happening around the match. This would most likely mean that there would be interference with somebody else taking bumps for McMahon. This would be very similar to what they did for Bret Hart's match with McMahon at WrestleMania 2010. That was fucking god-awful, if you guys remember that. I don't want to remember, and I want to remove that from my memory forever. It was awful. And the only reason why they brought Bret back was to get revenge for Montreal. It would be logical here to have Austin Theory be involved to help McMahon. It would be even more logical if Austin Theory was the one fighting Pat McAfee. I would actually think that if they went that route, it would be a great match. Pat McAfee fucking wowed everybody in a match on NXT at TakeOver against Adam Cole. Now, I wasn't for that match. Pat McAfee shut me up real fucking quick. I didn't expect him to go in there and do the things that he did. But he was also in there with Adam Cole. And if you can't have a good match with Adam Cole, then I don't know if you should really be in the fucking ring, period. But he did wrestle Adam Cole. 
but he did do things that I did not expect him to do. He's a fucking great athlete. He can do it all. He's a very entertaining guy. I think a match with Austin Theory would be better with McMahon in Theory's corner, but we're not getting that. I don't know why we wouldn't be getting that. No, but we need to get Vince McMahon in the ring to sell tickets to a fucking lackluster, god-awful, on paper right now, and will be equally as god-awful WrestleMania night one and night two because we can't sell 50,000 fucking tickets. You do realize that WWE has 50,000 tickets that they need to sell for night one and night two. They got 100,000 tickets to sell for WrestleMania still. But they want to run AT&T Stadium. How many of those tickets are they actually going to sell? They would probably end up selling a bunch of them if they announced Stone Cold Steve Austin's coming back. I would assume that a lot of people would want to be there for that, right? But this match with McAfee and, and Vince McMahon is only happening because Vince is in the mindset of, well, nobody is getting over. Nobody is over. I'm going to have to go in there and get WrestleMania to where I need it to be because I can't rely on anybody else. But it all ends up falling on Vince McMahon's fucking lap. It's all his fault. He doesn't know jack shit about what to do with anybody and then wants to blame everybody as if he's the one who's right. Blame everybody else for being wrong when it's him that is directly responsible for the shit that we're seeing on television. So he's got to do it himself. Yes, because Vince McMahon, everybody's clamoring to see Vince McMahon at WrestleMania in the ring. Yes, let me fly out to Dallas and see Vince wrestle at 76 years old. I doubt it, Vince. I doubt it. Smoke and mirrors match. So this would be logical to have Austin Theory involved. If this is McMahon versus Pat McAfee and Austin Theory is definitely going to be involved because they've been running this storyline where Austin Theory is a protege to Vince McMahon, learning things from Vince McMahon. And I guess it will be the ultimate test to impress his boss at WrestleMania if he is involved. Meltzer noted that WWE is doing some out-of-the-box things, more than usual, this year because they have more than 20,000 unsold tickets for both nights. I heard it was 50. 20,000 unsold tickets for both nights of WrestleMania. That's still shit. That's still bad. In addition to Pat McAfee and McMahon, there are also plans for Stone Cold Steve Austin to return to the ring for a match against Kevin Owens. Now, I don't know if that's legit, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Believe me, I want to like that. But I don't want to see a 57-year-old Stone Cold Steve Austin in the ring wrestling Kevin Owens. Maybe we get Rollins and Owens in a match. And yes, we've seen it. And I don't want to hear shit from anybody. We've seen Charlotte versus Ronda. We've seen Becky versus Bianca. And we've seen Lesnar versus Reigns. So if you want to do Rollins and Owens, I don't want to hear any fucking little rematch. How many fucking rematches are going to be at this WrestleMania? Three already. I just named off the top of my head. So if they want to do that, Rollins and Owens, and maybe bring in Stone Cold to be a special guest referee for them, I won't mind that. But a match against Kevin Owens? What, what, what year are we in? Did we automatically fucking wa- walk into a time warp? Nobody wants to see that. I want to like it. Believe me. Who doesn't like Stone Cold Steve Austin? But a lot of people are getting lost in nostalgia. And this WrestleMania show fucking sucks. Look at it on paper. I don't think this is the right mentality and the right vision for a, a, a fruitful audience to follow the product after WrestleMania. All anybody, the smart people anyway, 
All anybody sees is WWE relying on their fucking old ways. They're not creating new talent. They're not pushing forward into the future. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon wrestling at WrestleMania in 2022 hardly speaks to anybody about pushing the company forward in the future. No, but everybody wants to get lost in fucking nostalgia. That nostalgia, that nostalgia fucking fix is a fucking killer. Let me tell you. Everybody's blinded by it. Then they want to fucking blast you for having a fucking solid opinion on it and not having fun with it. Oh, why are you complaining about Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back? Because it doesn't do anything for WWE's future. That's why. Am I the only one that feels that way? I'll probably end up enjoying it, but I don't like it. I have a long-term vision. WWE does not. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon wrestling at WrestleMania is not a long-term vision for the goddamn product. Pat McAfee appears to have reacted to the speculation that he's set to return to the ring at WrestleMania 38 against Vince McMahon. Ahead of Vince McMahon's appearance on Thursday's episode, Pat McAfee and Vince McMahon's interview is going to happen on Thursday in studio. Several sources report that McAfee versus McMahon is listed internally on paper. Now, again, listen, it could be Austin Theory. It could be Austin Theory versus Pat McAfee. The match could be listed to kind of throw people off for what the real creative plan is. I have no idea. I have no idea. Knowing these fucking people and how crazy they are, Vince will actually be in the ring. McAfee said this, and I quote, you all seem to know a lot more about what I'm doing than I do. I'm excited to see what happens at this point as well, WrestleMania chatter is wild right now. Just a reminder, if you think I'm going to be a part of something that isn't a banger, you are out of your damn mind, end quote. Pat McAfee says it's going to be a banger with Vince McMahon, folks. It'll be a banger with Austin Theory and the shenanigans of Vince McMahon on the outside. I take that, but there's no way you can get excited about Vince McMahon stepping in the ring at 76 years. It's quite sad, actually. It's quite sad. They are in such a desperate fucking need to sell tickets that they have to rely, and Vince has to rely on himself because of his failure to create new stars that people legitimately want to see in the ring and pay money to see. I don't know, man. I, listen, th- this would be, if Tony Khan got, I don't want, I want to throw this out there, right? If Tony Khan was ever in a fucking match on a, which I know will never be ever, But if Tony Khan started a storyline on TV and got into a match and a feud with somebody and wrestled at double or nothing, I would blast it the same way that I'm doing this. Vince McMahon does not belong. None of the McMahons belong in a ring ever. No more. Shane, Vince, Stephanie, Linda, none of them. Did you guys hear about Shane McMahon actually asking if Hulk Hogan's got one more match in him? Man, they are. I don't know what the fuck they're smoking in Stanford, Connecticut this year, bro. But Jesus fucking, if it's that good, pass me some. I'd love to fucking feel what you guys are feeling. Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair, like I said before, set for night one of WrestleMania 38. So clearly, whatever other women's matches that WWE's planning on doing will definitely take place on night two. So Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair for the Royal Women's Championship is happening on night one of WrestleMania 38. WWE previously announced that Charlotte and Ronda, Ronda Drowsy, that's her new name, Charlotte Flair and Ronda Drowsy, fucking lifeless corpse out there, man. Oh, well, yeah, I'm going to WrestleMania. 
uh, I broke my hand. And then um, I broke my other hand. And then I had a baby. And then I won the Royal Rumble. And I'm going to challenge Charlotte Flair. And I'm going to win the SmackDown Women's Championship. And I'm going to tell Charlotte that she's a bitch. That's Ronda Drowsy. Exactly how she sounds when she cuts a promo, man. I could cut a better fucking promo with more enthusiasm and charisma than Ronda Drowsy. Put me to fucking sleep just talking about it. Night one WrestleMania main event while Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, which is a <laughs> title unification match. Yeah. Title unification match. That will headline night two. WrestleMania right now on paper looks like this. Possibly the worst I've ever seen. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Drowsy. Logan Paul and The Miz versus Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Booyaka, Booyaka, 619. And Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Whoever put this WrestleMania card together, man, Jesus fucking Christ, please give me their name and their number. I I need to see that they are immediately fired. How could you fucking be happy with yourself if this is the WrestleMania card? Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Oh, my God, I can't wait. Yeah, Becky Lynch is going to get what's coming to her, man. Bianca's going to get her revenge for the 26 seconds, right? What good does it mean? What good does it mean? Look at the division. Did Becky Lynch make the division any better? Did she make the World Women's Championship any better? Is Bianca Belair any better coming out of the 26 seconds from what we saw then to where she is now? No, no, and no. Strike three, and you're out. Becky Lynch is fucking worthless and useless. And so is this fucking match. Everybody on social media is going to be, oh my God, long-term booking. WWE did not. You got to be out of your fucking mind. You thought you think WWE, you guys thought WWE had long-term booking in effect when they decided on Bianca Belair losing in 26 seconds. You guys thought from that, yeah, we'll have Bianca lose in 26 seconds and then he will do the rematch at WrestleMania. <laughs> you guys are fucking comedians, man. You guys are fucking hilarious. Okay, give me a break. Give me a fucking break, man. You guys, you guys think that was the case. Jesus fucking Christ, man. You guys are worse than, than Bruce Pritchard. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, man. This shit sucks. The division is fucking trash. When Bianca Belair wins the fucking title and her first title defense is against Lacey Evans, I want to see everybody fucking chatter on social media, man. Watch, watch. If it's not Lacey Evans, it better be Bailey or Asuka or somebody. Maybe it'll be Rhea Ripley. You know what they need to do with Rhea Ripley? Turn her heel. I'd like to see Bianca Bella and Rhea Ripley face versus heel. That'll be something fresh. But if it's fucking Lacey Evans, don't let me tell you I told you so. You know she's due back. She's got more charisma than Ronda Drowsy, though, I'll tell you that. And she had a baby. Eric Bischoff, speaking of Ronda Drowsy, I found this quite interesting. Eric Bischoff doesn't think Ronda Drowsy is happy in her role. No shit. A blind man could fucking see Ronda Rousey isn't happy in her role. Eric Bischoff says, I'm looking at her in the ring and she's not an actress. Yeah, no shit. She must be fucking working as a salesman on the floor at fucking Sleepies, Ronda Rousey. 
Yes, would you like this soft top? Ronda Drowsy. And then she can give fucking in-store demonstrations. Ronda Drowsy. On this week's 83 Weeks podcast, I guess he's enough, I guess he's had enough of talking about 83 weeks, right? How many more weeks we got on 83 weeks? About his WCW run. I think we're running low there, Eric, right? Talked about Charlotte Flair. Was asked if Charlotte Flair should be the babyface and Ronda Rousey be the heel going into WrestleMania. I would absolutely switch the roles. I would. Ronda should absolutely be a heel. She fucking hates the fans for booing her. And now she's got to come out and fake smile. You see it all written on her face. She fucking hates us. Because we know better than she does. She's a fraud. She doesn't belong there. She's only there for the paycheck. Her being there is not going to enhance the division or get anybody else over. Yeah, hey, hey, Ronda Rousey, what, what is she, what, what she going to do that she didn't do the first time around? Where WWE fucked things up. That Ronda, I liked. This Ronda, I'm not happy to be back. I wish she'd go away. I'd wish she fucking float off into dreamland. Ronda Drowsy. Seriously. You guys ever play Mike Tyson's Punch-Out? The Sandman, Right. He was uh, he was before Super Macho Man, right? And Punch Out, and Super Macho Man was a fucking savage. I couldn't beat that guy to save my life, man. Holy shit! You know who was the worst? Bald Bull. He was fucking. I don't know why. I don't know why Bald Bull was the worst guy. And he had that fucking backward that he he like jotted backwards. He hopped backwards, and then he did that fucking upper. It was you play that game for the first time, and you try to counter that guy. He knocked you out every fucking time. Little Mac was dead every time you try to uppercut him in the fucking, the bolt charge he used to do. It's crazy. Ronda Drowsy should be in Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, man. She should replace the Sandman in uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. She'll send everybody to fucking Dreamland with the way she cuts a goddamn fucking promo. Eric Bischoff said this. I don't know why I'm talking about Super Punch-Out, man. That's a great fucking game. And I quote, I'm looking at her in the ring and she's not an actress. It's not a wrestler either. Bischoff said about Rousey, she's not. So what you see is really what you get in terms of the way she carries herself. She's not trying to be anything else. She doesn't have the ability to be. So she's very raw in that sense. When I'm watching her, I'm looking at somebody that is just not happy to be in the role that she's in. She's not happy being in that ring. She's doing it, and probably for a very good reason. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure they're paying her real, real, real good. But I don't get the feeling that she digs it. I really don't. Bischoff then said that Rousey needs to not be on TV every week because that would be hurting her drawing power. That doesn't stop them from featuring Roman Reigns every fucking week and maybe featuring Roman Reigns on both Raw and SmackDown as the unified champion. So I wouldn't change too much to accommodate her presence because I wouldn't bank on it. I don't think she's going to be a draw if she's going to be an everyday thing. If we're going to see her every Monday or every Friday, her stock is going to go down real fast. Real fast. Why would you sacrifice a quality heel in Charlotte for someone who may or may not be around? And if she does stick around, her stock is going to drop immensely. End quote. I can't say that he's wrong. I don't want to see her on fucking TV every week. But you know WWE is going to give her the women's championship because Fox demands it. Fox wants Ronda Drowsy on TV, putting the fucking United States audience to sleep every week. I, I listen. This this is gonna fail. This is gonna bomb. This is gonna bomb. 
There's no way these two women are going to get interest in this match for the last five weeks. Ronda doesn't want to be there. I, I told you this from day one. As soon as she won the Royal Rumble, that first Raw after she won the Rumble and she was there, I told you that word for word. You saw it all over her face. She came out with this disgust for everybody, and she kind of channeled what she was or who she was at the tail end of her last run. But then WWE had uh, reportedly spoke to her, listen, you're a babyface. You got to go out there. You got to wave to the fucking kids. You got to slap high fives. You got to fucking look at the old ladies and smile. This is going to bomb as a main event at WrestleMania. There's no fucking way anybody's going to be interested in this. And, and the reason why Ronda Rousey is there is simply for a paycheck. The only one that's happy in this, not Ronda, it's not Eric Bischoff, it's not the fans. The only one that's happy in this is Charlotte Flair because Charlotte Flair politicked her way into getting a main event match with Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Ronda, the, 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 the no backstage of Ronda coming in started in October. Going into Survivor Series, Charlotte Flair politicked since then to get this match with Ronda when WWE probably had it in the back of their mind that they wanted to do Becky Lynch. Becky versus Ronda at WrestleMania. But Charlotte Flair politicked her way into the main event. She's the only one that's happy. She's the only one that's happy about this. This is going to bomb. Telling you right now. Five weeks to go and they have done nothing to generate any injury. I don't even know why they're fighting. The only reason why they're fighting is because Ronda won the Royal Rumble. And Ronda challenged Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Other than that, what is there? What is there? The only thing that I got to hang my hat on is that Charlotte Flair called uh, Ronda Rousey's child ugly. That was it. We got uh, second grade insults happening as a way to build up this match between two megastars, supposedly, at WrestleMania. Main eventing WrestleMania for the SmackDown Women's Style. Great. The level of creativity. If Tony Storm and Charlotte Flair was built up over fucking cream pies to the face, with Tony Storm ending up as a fucking Pornhub thumbnail, I'm not giving this any fucking benefit of the doubt. If not a fucking clue. As to write a story for the women in WWE. This story is absolutely fucking ridiculous. This actually got me legitimately angry. WWE plans on keeping two separate brand titles after WrestleMania's unification match between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Why? Do you understand the meaning of unification? It means coming together as one, joining forces as one. That doesn't mean unify and then keep them separate. WWE is merely using unification as a way to sell the match because they're desperate to sell fucking tickets, if that is the case. Last Friday, WWE announced that Roman Reigns with Brock Lesnar would be a unification match. This was not in the fine print. Before SmackDown, it may be leaked into the fine print around 6 o'clock on Friday afternoon. Friday night going into SmackDown. Then they used it very loosely on SmackDown. Unification. Unification. Winner take all. Biggest match in WrestleMania history. Unification. Said it about 16 fucking times during SmackDown, which is a two-hour show. So this clearly... Means when I read this and I saw this, I got a little fucking happy. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, a rare W for WWE. It seemed as if this would mean that there would be one champion coming out of WrestleMania and there would be one men's champion across Raw and SmackDown. 
It's not that difficult to figure it out, Bruce. That's the way it should go. Simple is better. You do realize that you don't need two world championships now with how depleted SmackDown is, right? Or, or, or are you okay with the way SmackDown looks? Or, or, or are you okay with the, the amount of rematches that we get every fucking week? Or the amount of no competition that Roman Reigns has on Friday nights? Who's next? If Roman Reigns is staying on SmackDown and there will be two brands and two titles, who the fuck is next for Roman Reigns? Drew McIntyre? And what happens when he beats Drew McIntyre? Is Drew McIntyre going to be the champion after Roman Reigns? Either way you look at it, if Roman beats Drew, who's next? If Drew beats Roman, who's next? There's nobody. You're in the same fucking boat no matter who the champion is. So you might as well merge the brands. You know what happens when you merge the brands? That gives WWE quite the top of the card for Roman Reigns. Do you know what it also does? Which I don't think is coming into discussion amongst the fucking geeks in the community because they're too fucking stupid to comprehend anything of logic. If WWE has one brand, right? Then this is why I want the brand split to end so fucking badly. The shit sucks. They don't even follow their own goddamn rules. If they have one champion, and Roman Reigns is the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, then this puts automatically more importance on the United States Championship and the Intercontinental Championship. Instead of delegating a bunch of random nobodies that you clearly don't have any interest in pushing to run that division for the Intercontinental and United States Championship, like a Ricochet, a Sheamus, fucking whoever else you want to put in there, right? Apollo Crews. All these fucking nobodies that get barely any TV time. Championships are fucking absolutely irrelevant. The IC title is as irrelevant as it's ever been in the history of that fucking title. When you have one champion, one major championship, it automatically puts importance on the other championships. So whoever is in the top challenging Roman Reigns, it could be it could be AJ Styles, for example. Let's use AJ Styles. It could be AJ Styles versus Roman Reigns. So that means not everybody can challenge Roman Reigns at the same time. And if you have another world championship, instead of making a big E, a WWE champion, they don't really treat him as a WWE champion. They never did, never will. He felt like a fucking just second-rate, second-handed down champion. So instead of just having two championships, do one. AJ Styles versus Roman, for example, would be a top program for WWE at the top of the card for their major championship. Then that would open up maybe Drew McIntyre going after the Intercontinental Championship. Maybe having someone like Edge go after the Intercontinental Championship. You know, Finn Balor going after the Intercontinental. So something. It all trickles down the line. So if you got one world championship and you got somebody feuding with Roman over that championship, then everybody else, they have those other two secondary championships to fight over. And that by default with some of those names are going to make those championships a little bit more important and sought after. Why is this so difficult to figure out? I don't understand the logic here. Meltzer says that this is not the case. There will be no unification match. There will still be brand champions. Meltzer said on Wrestling Observer Live that WWE feels it's not feasible to have one champion because they have to appease NBC Universal and Fox. I'm sorry. When did NBC Universal and Fox get into the creative writing business? Yes, they're paying you for the content, but that doesn't mean they get to run the fucking show either. 
WWE wants better ratings. Fox wants better ratings. USA wants better ratings for Raw. Fox and USA are not happy about where WWE sits in the ratings right now. They're not. They can't be. Fox expected three, maybe upwards towards four, being on Fox, syndicated television. And they're not even breaking it two. Monday Night Raw has saw and seen some of the worst ratings in the history of 29 years that their show's been on the air. 1,500 episodes. And in the last, I would say, 12 months, some of the worst ratings in the history of the show. If you go look at Raw's ratings, the top five worst ratings came from last year and this year alone. That is very telling. I don't want NBC or Fox booking the fucking show. They have no right. They have no say. Fuck the networks. Fuck the networks. I don't want to hear anybody that's wearing a suit and tie that has fucking $9 cappuccinos every fucking morning. I don't want to hear a single fucking peep about how to run a wrestling program from Fox or NBC Universal. Why don't you leave that to the fucking professionals? And that's, that's even a stretch. WWE doesn't even know what the fuck they're doing on their own end. But they should have no say in getting the brands and the shows to be as one and getting it to be better. They legitimately are asking for the show to be fucking split in half, and the show being split in half is actively killing the fucking show. Meltzer said, and I quote, the deal here is that it is a unification match, and from what I'm told, it's the same idea as the last time they unified the titles. Remember like 20 years ago? 18 years ago when they did, and then like a week later, they just handed a belt to Triple H. Hopefully, they don't do that this year. Oh, my God. Bruce, let me tell you something, man. Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Do that. You thought I was angry when fucking Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch exchanged championships, or when the Prophets and the New Day exchanged championships. Wait till you hear me. If Roman Reigns hands a fucking belt or they take, WWE takes a belt from Roman Reigns to hand it to somebody else who never wrestled for it, doesn't deserve it, and never actually won and got a pinfall, one, two, three, four. There's two things that may happen here. And none of them really sit well with me. Number one, Roman Reigns has both championships. And if they want Roman to lose, which I do not want to see happen, a loss ruins everything. A loss ruins the consistency and the momentum of the tribal chief character. He should not be losing. He should not be losing until the day comes when it's decided that he's losing and putting somebody over and somebody else is taking his fucking throne. That's it. Roman should not lose for the sake of fucking losing because one morning you wake up and you're fucking bored. Okay? Roman Reigns has both championships. This is this this gives WWE the excuse. Oh well, he no, he can lose. He'll still look strong because he'll still have the other championship. That's their mindset. That is their mindset. Roman has two titles, so he could take a pinfall loss because he'll have the other title to back him up. No. No. That's not going to happen. Or, or, and this is absolutely unlikely, but man, it would cause a talking point amongst everybody like no other. Roman Reigns wins the Unified Championship at WrestleMania. He retires the Universal Championship because he will retire as the greatest Universal Champion of all time. He will be known as the greatest Universal Champion of all time. Longest reign ever. He'll retire that belt. He'll be the WWE Champion, and he will remain on SmackDown. Then, 
Cody Rhodes comes to Monday Night Raw and reintroduces Big Gold. Now, that's fantasy. This is uh, reality. I don't want to live in a fantasy world, but I'm just throwing it out there. WWE could have fun with it. WWE can have fun with it if they want and make some compelling television. Big Gold will be back on television. Who doesn't love Big Gold? But that's not going to happen. WWE more than likely, as we've saw in the past, Roman Reigns will win. They'll take the title and they'll they'll have a fucking tournament on Monday Night Raw. So Bobby Lashley could get the title back and have another boring reign as champion for a third time. This shit sucks. It's not feasible in the modern environment, Melcher says, to not have each brand, given the two networks, have a champion. This will be a unification match, and they will forget about it, but there will be two champions. Bruce, go look up the term unification. I'm going to look it up right now, just for everybody here, because I want to be a dick. Bruce, let me give you a fucking lesson. I'm going to read to you the unification unification definition. There we go. The process of being united or made into a whole. You get that, Bruce? Do you need me to repeat it again for you? Maybe slower this time. Maybe I should recite it like Ronda Drowsy. Maybe you'll then understand it. The process of being united or made into a whole. Unification. Unification does not mean Reigns wins both titles and then gives up one and we still have two titles. Thank you for falsely advertising what will not be the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. If that's the plan, then you should be Xing that out and canceling that fucking tagline out because it is blatantly, blatantly untrue. One title to rule them all. We don't need two championships anymore. Fox and USA Network, NBC Universal, don't understand that there are other championships. Your brand still has other championships. So in the, it's just end the fucking brand split, please. Just end the brand split. It'll save us a lot of fucking trouble. Triple H. We got news of Vince McMahon wrestling at 76 years old. So obviously this raised the question, well, Vince McMahon can do it. How about Triple H? On today's Wrestling Observer Live, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez talked about Vince McMahon returning to face Pat McAfee at WrestleMania. McMahon's return to the ring comes on the heels of the news about Stone Cold Steve Austin returning to face Kevin Owens, possibly, at WrestleMania. Meltzer said that WWE is going to do different things this year in hopes to boost ticket sales for both nights. Yes, they're doing everything but building up the fucking future of the company. They're doing everything but building up the talent. Like fucking D-level Hollywood WrestleMania. Johnny Knoxville, Logan Paul, Pat McAfee, Vince McMahon, Doink the Clown. I take Doink the Clown over any of these fucking geeks. So they're trying to boost ticket sales. Anything and everything's on the table. Alvarez wondered if WWE would bring back Triple H. But Meltzer shut that down immediately and indicated that his heart issues were very serious. Now Triple H would be a terrible idea. His heart situation is dot, dot, dot. Well, he can't. I don't want to say never because that's unfair because maybe he can do something, but that would be a horrible idea for him, and that's not going to happen this year. There's no way. And Triple H is back walking. I'm, I'm assuming he's healthy. There was a video that leaked on TikTok a few months back 
of a brief appearance as he's walking the construction side of the new WWE headquarters. He's another business-like shill in Titan Tower. That's all he is now. Demoted from power in NXT to now being a lowly office clerk in Stanford, Connecticut. Well, he gets everybody fucking coffee. Hey, yo, Paul, I'll take a cream and sugar, please. Hey, yo, Paul, I'll take a chai tea. Hey, yo, Paul, we got hot chocolate. I'll take a hot chocolate. Marshmallows on the top, bro. Extra pump of chocolate. What fucking Paul Levesque's doing in Stanford, Connecticut, Titan Tower right now. Aside from this video, he was on NBC News in a rare appearance. He's been doing the NIL program. He's in charge of that because his ways of recruiting talent were fucking terrible, according to Bruce and everybody else. So now they got him doing what they want. And Shawn Michaels is now, quote unquote, the geek, the puppet in charge of NXT. But Vince McMahon and Bruce Bridget oversee everything, and, and Shawn Michaels is nothing more than a fucking puppet on strings on NXT 2.0. So Triple H is not wrestling. Triple H is not doing anything. Triple H is pushing pens and stocking paper and filling the fucking printer with ink while he's getting everybody fucking chai tea lattes in Titan Tower. That's all he's doing. I don't want to see Vince. I don't want to see Shane. I don't want to see Triple H. No, that, that time is past. All over. Let's move on with our lives and get back to building the future. Future of AEW is bright. Buddy Matthews, we got some AEW news here. Buddy Matthews, he was highly sought after in not only AEW, but MLW, New Japan, Impact, wanted to capitalize on Buddy Matthews, but he made a decision to sign with AEW. Buddy Matthews showed up on Dynamite this past Wednesday. He aligned himself with Malachi Black and the House of Black. Fightful Select reports that Matthews made a great impression upon showing up to the Webster Bank Arena for AEW Dynamite on February 23rd. He also apparently nixed a spot during his debut match to avoid his debut to avoid gimmick infringement. Fightful Select says, and I quote, those that we spoke to at all elite wrestling said that Matthews made a good impression upon arriving at the venue. There was said to be another spot that particularly made a good impression, but he had planned to do a spot, but he nixed it when he found out it involved him using another person's finishing move. So he took it into consideration that he's in AEW. He wanted to do something. He maybe thought it would probably come out better than what he originally planned, but it ended up being somebody. Maybe he didn't know, and he was told. And then he changed it. No hesitation. No questioning. I said, don't worry. No, no, no don't worry, man. I'm not going to take your finishing move. I'll do something else. He came in, and he acted as a team player immediately. It's a great fucking thing. Buddy Matthews is great, man. I'm glad they picked him up. So I like that. So, Fightful also reports that Matthews had been in discussion with Tony Khan about AEW and signing to AEW. As far as last fall, former Buddy Murphy was released from WWE in July of 2021. And now we're only seeing him surface in AEW this month, 2022. Awesome. It's going to be great. I think he's got a great look. He looks phenomenal. He fits perfect like a fucking glove with Malachi and Brody King. And they may be your first trio champions when those trios belts are a thing on AEW television. This is going to be great. It's nice to see the House of Black coming into form. It's a great thing to see. And finally, guys, we're going to end on this one for all my California folk out there. AEW officially announces dates in California for the first time. Southern Cali is now all elite. The Young Bucks announced on today's Being the Elite's that Tony Khan is bringing AEW to Los Angeles. Uh, this is June 3rd, 2022. 
The announcement comes after years of speculation about when AEW would make their presence felt on the West Coast. So Matt and Nick Jackson delivered this news on being the elite. They say, and I quote, ladies and gentlemen, get ready for June 3rd, 2022. Rampage will be live here in our hometown of Rancho Cucamonga, Ontario, California. Get ready. Nick Jackson then announced that the show will be taking place at the Toyota Arena. The Young Bucks promised that they would also be in the main event for that show. This will be AEW's first trip to the Los Angeles area. Many expected to hear that the venue would be the Los Angeles Forum, the original Southern California venue that AEW even once had a date. Hold on, was the Toyota Arena. It turns out that the promotion will make its debut exactly as it was rumored all those months ago. The Staples Center was out of the question as they appeared to be working exclusively with the WWE or the Crypto.net Arena, I believe it's now called. So AEW has found its way into other arenas that WWE runs. Uh, obviously, UBS in New York. Uh, they just announced a date at Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, amongst others. So AEW is now making the rounds in places that have been heavily rumored and highly requested. So it's a great thing to see. The brand continues to grow. AEW fans in Los Angeles have been waiting years for this. It's almost here. All Elite Wrestling is finally heading to the West Coast, man. You guys are getting a treat. If you guys have never been to an AEW show, if you guys were waiting specifically for AEW to come to your coast and you didn't travel to their great shows that we've been to together, you're going to love it. AEW puts on an incredible live show. It is energetic. You feel the energy. It's just a great positive vibe and a great positive attitude. I'm very happy for those guys, and I'm very happy for everybody out in Los Angeles, man. It's going to be a great show. And everybody in Detroit, man, I got some fans in Detroit. I got some content creators that I know that are in that area. So you guys are finally going to be able to get to AEW in your own hometown. It's also a great thing to see. It's a great thing to see the brand continue to grow and move upwards, man. Only good things to come for AEW. I am getting out of here, man. Thank you guys very much for what I thought was a great episode of Off the Script today. If you guys enjoyed the video, please hit that thumbs up. Let me know what you guys think down below in the comments section. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Again, I will not be live for Monday Night Raw tonight. I will see you guys live with Jesse on Wednesday as we cover AEW Dynamite and a big announcement from Tony Khan on Dynamite. Follow me on social media for all the updates for everything this week. That's at JD from NY206 on Twitter and Instagram. Go check out all the other videos if you missed anything from the prior week. And once again, thanks to my sponsor for today's show. Go get 30 days free of Audible on me. It's 30 days free and one free audiobook of Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash script. Thank you guys very much. Again, hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes minimum on today's OTS. And I'll see you guys back live on Wednesday for OTS and AEW Dynamite. See you guys later.